0: I'm Ninja Sista. And I'm PandaLicious. And this is the Ashcast. This is Electric Sisterhood, podcast episode number 629. If there's time for your tantrum. There's time for a nap. This is Electric Sisterhood, home of the original, the fucking original, girl gaming to gadget and anime podcast. I am Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. Welcome to a brand new episode of our weekly podcast, Pandalicious. Hello, sister. How are you doing, sister? I am okay. Hey, that's good. Ahead of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Breathing. You woke up today. Winning. Very true. Just saying. Oh, I wish time. I
1: were still sleeping.
0: Yo, naps are like underrated. As an I adult. agree wholeheartedly. Okay, people do not value naps the way they should. Uh, yes. Okay, nap time. It's and weird. Wine.
1: It is so <laughs> weird because you know. Sorry, we're on tangent street already. Out of the street. So <laughs> this is what people should expect when we get together. This is what we do. There was there was a I think it was like a Vine or like it, a, a YouTube video with like this little brother. Like, who's probably, like, no older than, like, six or seven. And, like, his sister, who's probably, like, four or five. And, like, she is upset. Like, very upset. Like, having a tantrum. And the brother turns to her, because they're at a kitchen table. And he's just like, did you have your nap today? And she's like, no. No, I didn't. And then he looks back at the camera to the mom. And he's like, she needs a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you need one. Yup. And I'm just sitting there because, like, you know, when you're a kid, like, you don't want a nap because you think, I think the fear of FOMO was a thing before Mm -hmm. we realized what it was. Yep. Because I think for kids, like, no, I don't want a nap because I'm not tired and I don't want to miss, like, a unicorn. Or, like, for such a reason, we thought that there's time I could be playing right now. Right. But, like, in my mind, something awesome was going to happen the minute I went to sleep and I would miss out on it, which is why I didn't want to sleep. Mm -hmm. But now, like, I come home, I set myself up for the next day, and, like, my husband comes home at, like, 8.30, and I'm like, man, we got 30 minutes of quality time because 9 o'clock is bedtime, baby. Like, I look forward to,
0: like, my day doesn't start until I go
1: to bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's, it's something that happens, like, once you get over 30, where you're just like, you know what? A nice glass of wine and a quick nap, That would be so
1: clutch right now. Like, it's hilarious that when I go with my girlfriends, and, like, we haven't seen each other in months, and I'm like, you guys, you know, like, I love that we get together, and I love you bitches like crazy, but you know what? Like, we could have just hung at somebody's house in our PJs. Yes. And, like, not even interacted. Like, we could just be in the same room and not actually have to do an activity for me to feel this way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But here I am. with my pants out in public for you. Right. I love you.
0: Right. But at the same time, you're just like, we could have had just as dope and time in our comfortable clothes on somebody's couch, having delivery and just talking some shit over some good wine and cheese. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean like it's 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 a level that you attain. Like for me, like that's a good night, or that same situation and like some Mario Kart or Mario Party, or right. you know, playing some fighting games, like again, that's life. Like I don't need to be in a club. Like like
1: the mental anguish to... for me, like going to parties now, like case in point, a friend of mine who I won't I won't divulge their name here, but right, he he turned 43. A couple mm-hmm. months ago. Don't look 43, but, you know, minorities, yeah. minorities don't age the same way mm. other people do. Hashtag um, black don't crack. Go ahead. Well, I mean, he, he Korean. I mean, so, but same. So, 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 right, exactly. But anyway, so his girlfriend made a surprise party for him. And mind you, it's in Boston, which we live Boston adjacent. Yes. But it was on a Friday. And I was like, mm. oh. Right where you know teenagers and young twenty somethings like, oh man, Friday is the weekend. Yes, Working the college people, kids
0: are coming out in droves.
1: But on Friday, adults who work that nine to five are like, bitch, I can't wait to go home, put on right. my PJs, binge watch mm-hmm. my shows. Like it's 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 my decompressing. It's about to be day. next Netflix and chill for real time. Exactly. So like where everyone else, where young people rev up, like this is our time to rev down, mm-hmm. and. So, like, for the two weeks leading up to this party, me and my husband are like, we really like X. Mm-hmm. And we like X's girlfriend. But yep. does she have to do this at Friday at, like, 7? Right. Oh, so then us, you're
0: rushing from work. Right. You rush try, from work. Uh, you get home. You, you get get put your time. face on. Mind I mean, you, you I have get, to put I get, your face on. I mean, I
1: get, I get out of work at 3.30, which gave me just enough time for my routine to put right. my face on.
0: I mean, because your face routine is redonk.
1: Yeah, but... I mean, it see, works for we, you, girl. Like, it works. See what happens when I put in the effort, but regardless. But, like, so for the weeks before, I'm like, oh, are we really going to do this? You know, and my husband's like, let's make... If we're going to do it, let's, like, make this, like, a longish weekend for us. So, like, the bar that she booked... Had a ho- had a rockabilly um, hotel connected to it. So we uh-huh. got a room for the night. Because I'm like, I don't want to go in there at, like, 7 and drink until, like, 10. Because, you know, right. after a certain age, like, you, make- you, don't, mm-hmm. you don't drink to the dawns no more. Right. Right. Like, and I don't want both of us to be slightly buzzed and, like, being like, oh, should either of us drive? Like, didn't want to put mm-hmm. that on either of us. So we're like, we'll, we will... Drive in, we'll stay overnight, we'll get some Mm -hmm. yummy breakfast in Boston the morning of, and then Mm -hmm. go home. Yep. You know, so, like, we made it a thing. But, like, and we get there, and the bar is phenomenal. The food was amazing. Their karagi chicken was, like, fucking the bomb. Right. I had four beverages, because, like, I didn't have to go nowhere, but up two flights of stairs to my room. Correct. When I got there, so that was good. But, like, Mm -hmm. some of our friends who live in the adjacent cities to Boston, you know, like, Somerville, Arlington, Lexington, Medford, them, they all drove in. So, like, and you could tell the people who like to be out in Boston and those who are, like, obviously coming to show support and love for their friends. Because, you know, the people who Mm -hmm. don't do this type of thing, like, they are on the corners of the room, they're eyeing the food and the drinks. And, like, they have a certain idea of time frame that they're going to be at this event. Yeah. And I do this, too. So in my mind, I was like, all right, babe, I'm like, we do food, we do nosh, we do socialize. If there's some music, I'm going to get a little, little dancey on. I'm like, the minute that mofo cuts his fucking
0: cake, I'm done. Uh, and we can go. But I feel like that's every couple's plan once you get to be of a certain age when you do, you know, parties. Because like, again, if, if it's a kid's like,
1: party, it's presents, not right? necessarily cake. But yep. for adults, it's like, it's cake or like yep. big speech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like and then you gauge from there. And there's right. this beautiful she the girlfriend got him this beautiful Scott Pilgrim inspired birthday cake, three tiers. Nice. It was it was classy. So I'm like, I can't wait for him to cut into that cake. And like like I was ready. And it's not like I'm in like super high heels and I'm uncomfortable, but like right. I'm just like I just want Your to, week is
0: done. You're ready to relax.
1: Right. No, it's exactly. legit. It's legit. Well, don't like you know, at this flipping party, like he didn't cut the cake till, like, midnight 30. Now, bitch, I, I lasted That's till. That's way past your bedtime. Till I lasted till 11. Because I'm like, X deserves that at least. But I right. can't rally past that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting with my, my core group, because we all know X. And they're just like, are you guys waiting for the cake, too? It's like, Yeah. Like I don't want to be like I'm reds to leave, but I'm reds to leave.
0: <laughs> no, it's 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 for real, you know. Like for me, like my relaxation time is gaming. So I'm a I'm gonna pull us out of this tangent here and back to yeah to our yeah, yeah, normal yeah. resumed yeah. conversation. But like gaming for me is like my relaxed place. It's how I wind down and and I kind of escape my. Normal humdrum, I would say 9 to 5, but mine's never 9 to 5. It's usually 9 to 9. 12 hours, baby! (laughs) But it's my, you know, how I escape, wind down, let my brain do something different, let my body do something different, experience something that is a little, you know, different than what I have been doing all day long that, you know, typically is very creative, has a lot of story, and allows me to do, you know, some, sometimes play with my friends. You know, it's part of the reason why I was so addicted to Destiny for such a long time. Wasn't necessarily because the game itself was great, because the game itself really wasn't great. It was, you know, an okay multiplayer shooter, but it wasn't a great one. It wasn't, you know, a genre-defining shooting game. But for me, the reason why Destiny was great and why I... Played it so voraciously for so long was because I got to play with my friends that I didn't get to see regularly during the week. You know, I work in town, I work in Boston. And again, because my days are, you know, all over the place, whether they're nine to fives or nine to nines or sometimes, you know, uh, 11 to to twelves like it happens, and so because I don't have a set schedule, it's very difficult for me to have me time at the end of my day because many times my end of day, when I'm just starting my commute home is when many of my friends have already been home and they're you know wrapping up for the night, like many times you're going to bed, sis, when I'm just leaving work, you know, so it's difficult for us to arrange playtime and and for me. Because so many people in the clan that I ended up joining in Destiny were on the West Coast, they were just getting to their end of day and and ready to play. So it was very rare that I was by myself playing the game. And because, you know, so many spaces are toxic, I don't get to do a lot of online gameplay, and so when I can do it and I can do it in a safe way with people that I really like, you know, it allowed me to build some new friendships and new relationships. And that's why I kept going back to the game. It wasn't necessarily because, you know, I was really interested in a raid or, or a particular armor set. It was because I was interested in running around with my friend Roxas and, you know, some of my, my other clan members because I, I really enjoyed them. And I like stumbled on coming up with some of their other gamer tags because I know them all by name now. They became friends. Like we started sharing, you know, in real lives. We're all friends on Facebook, and you know, still to this day, even though we're not playing Destiny together, like we check in with each other to see how things are going. Some of them that are local, I've gone out and had beers with after work because they work in you know Boston adjacent places. So we have meetups during the summer, and and it was the relationship piece that that made me love the game and keep going back and keep going back not necessarily the gameplay and and that's one of the things that I really enjoy building when when playing games is you know being able to share this love and passion for a particular character or franchise's story or you know armor set or you know just franchise as a whole with other people that that enjoy it just the same as I do, that, you know, have invested as much in it and are as passionate about it as I am, but maybe from different areas. And so we can learn each other's things that we enjoy in different ways. And and that's why I, I love gaming, because it's an escape to do that, you know, when you look at the fandoms and how cosplay has grown, you know, really over the last four years as, as a big explosive thing, right? You know. Five years ago, cosplay was a thing that, you know, a small segment of the community was doing across sci-fi and across gaming. And now one of the biggest draws to PAX East, which, you know, is happening at the end of this week by the time you guys hear this podcast episode, you know, I would say that probably 50% of the people... That are going to PAX East are cosplayers going to show off their their creations. You know, I belong to a couple of different groups on Facebook um, around PAX East, and and one of them, which was really supposed to be a, a resource share of like. Parties that people knew about and meetups that they knew about has completely turned into people just talking about this being their first packs that they've coming to or their first East that they're going to and sharing where they are in the stage of building their cosplays for the week. And it's been really cool to be part of that community and and see, you know, all the great different creations that people are making or had commissioned you know i have a lot of respect for people that that cosplay whether they buy their costume or they make it themselves i don't care i just think that if you love a character enough that you want to play as them and bring them to life at a convention or at a show, more power to you and, and I respect you for doing that and, and loving that character that much. But it's been really interesting to see like as people are posting, you know, photos of where they are in their process with their cosplay or, you know, checking in to see like is this a weapon that I can build or should I build something that's more styrofoamy based for this character or not? To see just how supportive everybody and I mean a hundred percent of the people in the group are. And that's very different. You know, five years ago, you'd have people be like, oh, that doesn't really look like that. Or, you know, I don't know why you think that you should be that character. Maybe you should be somebody else for, you know, different reasons, whether you weren't the right skin tone or you weren't the right build or things like that. But I'm not seeing any of that in any of the conversations that I'm seeing. It's all like, that's a really great character. I I didn't know that they were from this game and not just from like this this manga or, like, this meme. I think it's really cool that you're doing that. Have you thought about maybe, like, doing this with your wig? Because that might be able to get your hair to stick better in the way that you want so it's more realistic to the character. Like, everything is constructive and also super supportive across body types, across race. And and especially in the, the era that we're in right now, it is just so refreshing to see that this thing that, for me specifically about four years ago was pretty toxic that's going less and less you know cosplay is I think becoming more mainstream mm-hmm. uh, and I think that we have a couple of, of different shows to look at and think because of that I think San Diego Comic Con really is kind of the front line leader in that when you look at you know the coverage that it's gotten in the media over the last couple of years you know the group that protest uh, protested against the Westboro Baptist Church uh, when they came to San Diego Comic Con and and you know, seeing that in a positive light of, you know, protecting communities versus these negative things and vile things that are kind of pervasive and just not understanding of what's really happening. I think that it's, it speaks a lot to, then it grew out of that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like like, four years ago, if someone said that they were a brony, there were a lot of people that gave them a lot of dirty lurks. And now that's not even, like, a thing anymore. And I think that that's a really good place to be. I think it shows a lot of maturity in the space. And, you know, there are more and more people calling out organizations or individuals who are bringing negativity and still bringing that kind of gatekeeper mentality to this fandom, and I, I'm just, I'm excited, you know, and I'm excited to, you know, see at Pax East some of the cosplays, especially from the people in, in one of these groups that I'm in. You know, I've been sharing as much positivity and love and light as I can in the group. I am not cosplaying at Pax East this year simply because I'm just going to be there for a short amount of time. I have in the past gone as a gender-swapped Bakia from Bleach because I I just really love that character. I, I have always kind of found him to be relevant to me because I just kind of see him as this very quiet caretaker. You know, in the series, Byakuya's character really is taking care of Rukia simply because Rukia is his passed away wife's sister. So he feels a responsibility for keeping her safe, but also at an arm's distance. And even with that, where she feels like they're not connected, when you watch the series all the way through and and continue reading the mangas because they've gone on much further past where the animated series went, Byakuya basically always goes out of his way to make sure that Rukia stays safe. And that is as an homage to his wife. And I kind of see myself as the kind of person that's like, always trying to take care of people. like Even when I'm out in a situation and I have a bunch of people that are younger than me, I always feel like I'm the caretaker and I'm the mom. And I'm like, oh, I got to make sure that people don't get too drunk and everybody gets home safe and nobody gets you know, their money taken or gets into a fight. And so I, I just naturally kind of gravitate to that role. So I really like that character. Plus he's a badass, uh, which uh, I also see myself as. Beep, 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 tooting that own horn. But I went to a, a very small event and I had people who, you know, claimed to be fans of the space that when I walked in in my costume and it was full costume, I had the, you know, the the three plate wave and the tatami shoes and the whole kit. And I, I had this guy come up and say, hey, I love Bleach. What character are you? Because you kind of look like Byakia. And I was like, yeah, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, just, you know, slightly gender flop because huh, I'm a girl and I have boobs and I can't really hide them. Like it would take a lot. I mean, a lot. A lot of binding, yeah. <laughs> so much binding. So much binding to get these down. So I was just like, I'm not going to do that. And he was like, wow, I think that that's really brave. But, you know, don't you think, like, you could have played, like, this character or this character or this character instead? Or, like, even so Yuichi, because, you know, she's dark-skinned. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, wow. I shouldn't have to only cosplay as dark-skinned, toned characters to be accepted. I like this character, and so I wanted to rep this character. And it really kind of took me aback. And it was the last time that I cosplayed out, to be honest, because I really kind of felt personally attacked. Like, I didn't match up and I didn't matter in my fandom. Like, it was less than somehow because I wasn't exactly 100% a fit to the character that I chose to cosplay. And and so it really kind of pulled me out of that because, like, for a while I was, you know, going to be working with a friend of mine because I had talked about commissioning a costume because I was going to do a storm. And then I was also going to do a Klingon. And I just I backed out of all of that uh, after that experience. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things that like I I've always told myself, like, when the space got better, like I would get back into it because I really I, I admire the cosplay community. I think it's so cool to create and mimic a character that you love, because you love that character for some reason, either it's a characteristic or the story that they they have gone through has meant something to you on an emotional level. And so it's a great way to pay, you know, homage and tribute to, to that character or that series. And, you know, the many times these characters are, you know, parts of our, our lives. And that's why we want to you know, bring them with us out into the public, into these these places. And it's just really cool to see that 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 mentality seems to have almost all but gone away with the exception of a few pockets. So I'm excited to, to see what everybody brings to PAX East. Now, with that being said, let's talk about some game stuff. Okay. Because I promised last week that I was going to talk about Devil May Cry 5 and I was going to talk about The Division. And we then went, The
1: Sims happened.
0: But then The Sims 4 conversation happened and I only got to talk about Devil May Cry a little bit. And I promised that this week I would talk about The Division 2. So that's what I want to do. So and
1: here's, here's your soapbox. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks thanks so much for getting that out
0: for me. I really appreciate it.
1: Here's the microphone, here's some water, and here's a uh, dabbing tissue if you need to dab.
0: Oh, thank you. You know what? Teamwork makes the dream work. Dab. Dab. So, and then a dab. If you're not familiar, The Division is a Ubisoft franchise. The Division 2, obviously the second outing. For the franchise, it's available on Xbox and PlayStation, and it's also on Steam. I think what's really cool is that Ubisoft made it available in Games Pass day one on the Xbox. So if you've never played the Division franchise before, but you're a Game Pass holder, you can basically try it at no risk, which I think is always a great way to try a game to find out whether or not it is your jam and it's something that you want to spend time in or not. But the Division is at its core a shooter game. It is a third person adventure because you're going through multiple levels and you have objectives. Shooting game. What is Interesting about the division, where it kind of varies a little bit from most of the titles that are out on the platforms right now, is that it is a multiplayer. So, very similar in Destiny, where you can, you know, play the campaign by yourself, but you can also recruit friends to your fire team. It is a fire team setup as well. I like the way the setup is for bringing people in because it's ad hoc, but you can build your own character. And I had mentioned that going through the beta, I was hopeful that they, being Ubisoft, would expand the character creator because you basically randomized the character and then played the game. And so you didn't have the ability to go in and choose like the exact eyes Our eye shape and width and nose or or skin tone. You just kind of had to keep hitting random until you hopefully hit a combination that you liked and ran with it. In the full game, you can you start off with the randomizer, and I was a little concerned that that I would be stuck because the the randomizer didn't always make a black chick, and that's what I really wanted to play whenever I play a game that gives me a character creator, I like to create a character that, you know, somewhat looks like me. That is a character that I can, you know, visually identify with. That's not to say that, you know, I won't play a game if I can't do that. Because I will. I play the shit out of God of War, unlike some people on this podcast. And I I am not a dude. I am also not a demigod. So, you know, I don't have... To look like it, but whenever I'm given the option to create a character, I'd like to create a character that is a black female because it just adds a little extra more and makes it a little bit easier and frankly faster for me to make an emotional connection to the game and and care about this character and want to see them progress through the story. The way that the Division Two is set up is that you basically, in the single player mode, are going through campaigns. A deadly virus has been released that destroyed, really, civilization. Energy got knocked out. Food supplies got knocked out. Production and and manufacturing stopped. So we're just at the kind of beginning of a post-apocalyptic sector where what's left of humanity is really fighting to try to remain and retain some semblance of civilization, You know, because that's always the question, right? If all the technology fails and all the things that allow you to live a lifestyle of luxury fail, how quickly does society fail? You know, how quickly do we divulge into the I got mine, you better get yours before I take it? mentality and how many people do that you know where on the scale do you go from you know a utopia to basically mad max right and so you the game is set in dc the first game was set in basically new york and you are an agent of the Division, which is a sleeper cell type organization that was set into action when things started to go to hell. And you're basically trying to keep the peace and help restore and keep safe what is left of society. In the game, you basically have areas of the map that you can go at. Everything is kind of, when you look at the map, uh, number locked. So you can traverse in areas safely where your rank fits. So like the first area that you go into once you complete the tutorial level, which teaches you how to shoot, how to get into cover, how to move from cover to cover, because it is cover-based shooting. uh, If you want to stay alive, you don't want to leave Roy Jenkins as shit. But things are region locked. So like the first area is rated for agents leveled one through nine. And as you level up, the numbers in the areas also pick up. So like once I got to level 3, that same area that was previously rated level 1 to 9 was now ranged from level 2 to 10. So there's always, you know, at least a level above you so that there's always a challenge, but it's not multiple levels. So it's not like a level 1 can accidentally walk into a Area that's rated 15 to 30 and just be blown away in one shot, which I really like because it allows me to know safely that, okay, I'm going to be challenged in the level, but it's not going to be an insurmountable challenge. Like I don't have to crazily grind in order to be able to progress through the area, which is great. Yeah. There are elements all throughout the level that you have to. Find your base of operations is actually the White House. You start with a quartermaster, and your quartermaster is basically where you go to get additional tech skills. So you have these things that are called SHQ skills, which are your supplemental weapons. So you start off with just a pistol. Obviously, there are other weapons that you can find through the level. Everything is scavengeable. The sandbox this time is bigger than it was in the Division One. so you really kind of were forced to go. Fairly linear in the Division 1. In the Division 2, when you drop into the city, there are side streets. You have a guideline for any waypoint that you set that will actually show you what streets you need to walk down to get to your point. It hovers over your HUD, just a simple hairline orange line, so that way you can always keep oriented. But you can go down any side street you want, and there's usually bags and boxes and some side en- enemies that you can take out to be. Basically grinding XP, finding new weapons. As you find new weapons, you can either break them down for their parts, which you can use for crafting. Crafting, you can craft food for yourself, extra armor for yourself, modifications for your weapons. So you can add different grips that will help your recoil or help your uh, loading time. You can you know, add on additional mags. So there's a very, very deep weapons tree to follow. There are skills for your agent so you can up your vitality, how many ammo packs that you can carry, how many armor packs that you can carry, Armor is basically your health, so the more armor you have, the higher your shields are before you start taking critical damage to your agent. And there are all different kinds of things that you can find around the levels to scavenge to find that, to craft those things. You can also purchase them. But your base of operations is very minimal because you only have a quartermaster. And there are six, other, six to seven additional resources that if you can venture out into the world— find them, do basically quest missions for them that get them to align to your side, you can bring back to your base and then have your base be able to handle more people that are infirmed or hurt to bring in better, higher-level weapons for purchase, perks, uh, and things like that. So there's multiple reasons to go out in the world and scavenge and to level, but you can also just try to critical path it. And through performing you know, the majority of the missions, you can get yourself to a high enough level that you can compete in Endgame. So I like that you get the the kind of uh, variety of how do you want to play this game? Do you want to be the completionist and go up every single side alley, take out, you know, all of the kind of hyena type factions to get an area completely under control of your group, run all of the perk-based alliance missions to bring all those resources back to your camp so that your camp is really Truly a strong base of operations where you can loot up, gear out, all that kind of stuff. Or do you want to just critical path? It it really allows you to play the game in a way that feels natural to you. I also like the way that you can actually call into support. So in campaign, you can play the entirety of the campaign story, either as single player or in multiplayer co-op. Um, not couch coop, so I can actually play online and bring people into my game. And what I like is that as you're progressing in these missions, at any given time, if a level feels like, wait, there's just too many enemies or you're overwhelmed, you can basically send up a beacon and a voice will say, hey, Agent is, is requesting backup. And... You can see someone is asking for help, whether it's you or someone else. What I like is that the game actually rewards people for going and helping somebody else that's requested backup. So what happens is, let's say, like, I was in the, the first mission where I was trying to rescue uh, this young girl so I could get this woman to align with my camp because uh, that would allow me to bring a resource back to my main base that would uh, allow me to craft at my main base. And I was just getting completely bushwhacked in the final mission because the AI while they had stronger side weapons than I did like they had a flying drone that could fire machine gun rounds and it was really great at isolating individuals. It didn't stay focused ever on the boss. It was all on me to actually take out the boss and the boss had a machine gun. So it was really difficult for me because I didn't have enough armor and enough places where I I saw that I could hide to take them out, so I was just getting bushwhacked. And after about the third time, I was like, "Okay, I, I'm going to need some some actual critical thinking help, and not just an AI to help me get through this mission." So I sent out a beacon, and um, I'm going to say this guy because we never talked on mic, and the gamer tag was kind of unisex. So I'm going to say this guy, but it absolutely could have been a girl. I don't know. Came into my game like almost immediately answered my "I need help." beacon uh and we were able to complete knock out this guy worked in tandem fantastically even though we weren't communicating over voice channel of what was needed, knocked out the weapon and they emoted with, you know, a salute and then they bounced out of the game. So it's completely ad hoc. So when you answer the call, you can come in and you can either stay with that person and stay squatted up and run more missions together, or you can just come in for what you're asked to help for and then bounce out. Very similar to how you could summon someone in dark souls to help you
1: um, Uh, with a mission. You know what I mean? Like, in the cases in the beginning, at least in Demon Souls, when you summoned a uh, blue phantom, sometimes you would also get a red phantom, and red phantoms would fuck your shit. You, right, was, right.
0: And then sometimes I'm just, blue
1: phantoms would decide
0: to defect and become red phantoms, and then fuck your shit. Right, right. I, I'm just talking about like when you invited other players in. Oh, okay. And you had a player that was coming in to help you, and then they bounced back out when, oh, no. when the, the boss the, was the done. Oh, no, the
1: phantoms, that's, that's the peer-to-peer okay. system. So, like, yeah. you could go in and be like, yes, I will be helpful. And then, in some cases, you'd be like, mm, yeah, no, I won't be helpful, and uh, fuck you. Right. And it happened far more times than
0: not. <laughs> but what's really nice is the game actually rewards players with XP and also bonuses, perks and and weapons for going for answering the call and successfully completing the mission. So it rewards good playmanship. So I could answer the call and come in and like not fire a shot and not help if I don't help and if I don't get kills or things like that and we don't complete the mission in a satisfactory, like if it ends up that the person that you would call in to help dies, you don't get bonus XP and you don't get bonus weapons. But if you do, you get bonus XP and you get bonus weapons and like skins and other things that people want in the game. So it's already building in a good, you know, playmanship Mechanic to the game, which I I think is really nice, because when you tie the the if you play good and do good and are good, will give you stuff as a mechanic, then you give people a reason to not be a douchebag. You give them a reason to be cool. So then you have more people who are being cool, because it's like, hey, if I actually go in and help and we like rock this mission, I just might get the extra mag that I need. For my weapon that is my favorite and that would be dope because i'm gonna have to grind for like 12 hours if i want to like find it and get it or i could just run this mission and likely get it as a drop like that would be dope and so i i like that because it does foster a a much more positive cooperative gameplay so it's cool so like i said this guy like helped me out in the mission saluted and then bounced out I finished the mission I got a really nice weapon drop right afterwards and it was just really nice and I like that you know I can ad hoc drop in and drop out also as a person that goes and helps because I've done that when you answer the call, if somebody is running a different mission than you are on a different side of the map, you immediately transport to that side of the map. And then when you're done, you go back to where you were. So you don't have to restart your progress of where you were in your game because you went and helped somebody. And I think that that's really a core thing. Like in, And that's something that I think that like Destiny missed out and a lot of other games miss is you know, if I am going to help, I don't want to have to go all the way back and redo what I was doing up to that point. Cause that kind of feels like a punishment, you know, like I wouldn't helped you, but like in destiny, if someone's like, Hey, do you want to squad up and run this mission? If I joined their mission already in progress, I would join them where they were. But when we finished, I was there. So I had to go back to space. And if I was, you know, two thirds of a way through a mission, I had to go back to that planet that I was on and start that whole thing over again and get back to where I was. And so it was, it was almost a, okay, I have to give up something of myself like, big in order to go and help. So not a lot of people would do that. They'd be like, okay, let me finish this thing first, and then I'll come and do it, or those kinds of things. But this really rewards, you know, good... Being a good community member and thinking about the space as a community space, which I really like. You know, the environments look great. I will definitely say it's a next level look from the original division, which the original division looked good to begin with. But again, it was a very linear story. And the sandbox, while the world and the map looked really big, you were limited in, you know, buildings that you could go into and streets that you could go down. And I haven't felt that limit yet in the division two. I was able to custom create a character that I really liked. So I started with the randomizer and then I was brought to a screen where I could fine tune, you know, eyes and lips and ears and hair. I do wish that there were a few more options for hair uh, because I wasn't able to get a hairstyle that was quite close to what my, my style is. I can't imagine why people don't understand that, like, the Afrohawk is a real thing and needs to be appreciated and uh, featured as an option in games. But I got pretty close. I will say, you know, one thing that I think The Division really could have improved on from its last game, and it doesn't seem right now at launch, at least, they've picked up on, was that, you know, I really like to make a character feel and look like an original creation, and you have a limited amount of clothing items that you can start with, you know. No matter whether you pick a male agent or a female agent, the body model types very much are pretty identical, with the exception of one kind of sort of has these protrusions that maybe sort of are boobs. All the shirts are very bulky. Nothing's very you know form fitting or or you know distinctively I would say male or female, which I think is good and also bad in that it's sometimes hard to tell a male agent from a female agent, and I feel like. You know, if I'm identifying one way or another with my agent, I, I want that to be kind of clear. I'm not saying that I want, like, skin-tight clothes for my female characters, but I do want, I want the skin option. Maybe I want skin-tight
1: clothes for my man.
0: You know, you might want skin-tight clothes for your male characters. You know, I've seen some bomb-ass Larry Croft cosplays, you know, in the booty shorts and everything, and and I love it. You know, but I, I would like, you know, more than two plaid pat- patterns to pick from for shirts. You know what I mean? Here's this long sleeve black shirt, or this short sleeve white shirt. Oh, and here for variant, here's a short sleeve blue shirt. Which one do you want to wear, or do you want to look like a cop? But those you know, are kind the same of your time options, time, though,
1: because you're like in this militant faction where clothes are limited. Like I understand the reasoning why they do that. Mm-hmm. You know, as someone who works in tandem to people in uniform, like mm-hmm. there is a standard, you know, standard dress. Yep.
0: So and, and I'm with you on that to 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 a point where I start going, guys, really, is because there are articles of clothing you can find out in the world, so you can definitely grind and find like some alternative, you know, more skater type shirts and things like that. But there's also a store. So this is where microtraction transactions come in, where you can go in and you can buy items. For real-world dollars. There's also oh, no. loot caches that... You, yeah. So so it, it just... It kind of felt like they took and created a bunch of items and then went, Okay, we're going to put 75% of this behind the paywall, and we're going to let you have access to 25% of it up front. And that's where I'm kind of like, eh, It's a nasty taste in my mouth. Like, I don't mind grinding to find clothing items and things like that, but when, when you put... Basically, the stuff that allows my agent to stand out and feel unique and not just random generated body number two behind the paywall, that's where I start to have a little bit of a nasty taste in my mouth. Especially because the minimum buy-in on the paywall is like six bucks and that's for like the smallest amount of in-game credit that you can use in the store to purchase things. And at launch, the in-game store just had outfits that were basically emergency respondent folks because they're working on adding the additional stuff and I'm just like I just want to get to the point where I was with my previous agent cuz my previous agent in division 1 was dope looking and it was all from gear that I found and I liked finding it but I was able to make an agent that like didn't look like anybody else's agent and I and I liked that you know like I had this cool neck tattoo and I had some face paint and Cool hair because I found some hair out in after a mission. And, um, wait, you just I, found some hair in a bag? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. Hey, tumbleweave exists, so I know, I'd like, I, I don't. Know. I don't, I don't knock them for that. Like, the hairstyle wasn't an, an item that you could find. You just found somebody's head with a hair. I found, found a wig, and I was you like, found somebody's hey. somebody's decapitated head, and you're like, you know what? I dig her style.
1: Let me take her head and just copy not, that out." Not right so quick. much
0: decapitated head. Think of it like, hey, somebody broke into a wig store, and there's just a bunch of wigs on the street, and I found one.
1: You better wash that wig. You don't know where that wig's
0: been. <laughs> oh, I washed it. I washed it. Don't worry. Don't need I don't no just be putting random. On your I don't head. need to be putting no random wig on my head without first washing that shit, checking it for lice, like make sure check it, running its credit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't run its credit. That's rude. <laughs> That's also profiling. If you run yeah. that wig's credit, it's Dude. like you say. You say you
1: you say you're a hybrid human hair synthetic. That's not what this credit says.
0: But the but the credit says. You synthetic as shit. You synthetic AF. <laughs> there was no Indian hair on your mama's side. Stop lying. Maybe you got your synthetic fibers from India. <laughs> Still don't count, though. Anyway, yeah. we all know that synthetic came from China. Stop tripping. But that's okay. It's fine. It's good hair. Whether you bought it, it's Indian hair or not, if it looks good on you, then rock that shit. I really enjoyed that. And so there there's definitely more things on the microtransaction this go round with the game that, you know, again, I have a love-hate relationship with with microtransactions, as I've talked about before. I don't see anything wrong with creating in a game a microtransaction thing that is like here's a pack of helper things for you like we know that this is going to be a 120 hour game experience and not everybody has the 128 hours to devote we know that a lot of gamers are older gamers you guys are working you have a small amount of time that you can play a game but you still want to get through it and have the same experience that you know Kids that have more disposable income and more time can do. So, you know, here's a starter pack that if you want to pay an extra 20 or 30 bucks will give you the stuff that you would get from the equivalent of doing 15 or 20 hours of grinding. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I find those to be really, truly helpful because it allows me to get further in the game faster, which is what I need because I don't have 120 hours to devote to a game. I'll never finish a game if it's going to take me 120 hours to get through. Like, I have accepted... <laughs> I, I won't. Right. Like, I have accepted... Right. Like, if it's going to take me 120 hours to complete the campaign, to complete the story, I'm probably not going to finish that game because there's going to be other games that are going to come out before I get to that 120 hour mark that I really want to play, whether it's for my personal stuff or just for the purposes of being able to talk about it here on this podcast or on our website, you know, so I have a limited amount of time that I can devote every week to gaming and I want to get through as many experiences as I can and and enjoy, you know, and that's part of the reason why I'm watching more and more YouTubers and streamers and Let's Plays because I can actually have the experience of going through the game and seeing what the story is in a time in a space where I don't have the time to actually play those games. Like, during my commute home, you know, I have an hour and 15-minute commute. Most of the time what I'm doing during that commute is watching YouTubers Let's Play games that I'm not going to get to play, but I want to be able to understand what the story is and what the gameplay is like and be able to share in the community what that experience kind of is, even though I wasn't able to have it direct-hand, I had to have it second-hand because I can't play games during my commute home on the train, like, I don't have a games case, and even if I did on the trains that I'm going on, I damn sure wouldn't carry it, because that shit get taken from me real quick. Yeah. You know, so I don't have the ability to bring my Xbox with me every day to play, or my, or my PlayStation. And, you know, I don't like to bring my Switch with me on the train, just because, again, the areas that I'm traveling through for most of my train ride, they're not the best areas in the world, and I don't want somebody to gank my Switch during my commute. That will really put a sour on my day, you know. I thought, so I, don't, I thought you were going to say a sour on your puss. Uh, nope uh, nope i was not gonna say that i thought because i did in there i was not gonna re- have that ever coming out of my mouth on a recording but it would have been so punny <laughs> but you did it for me yeah you know so so that's how i have that experience like i have accepted that i'm not gonna finish kingdom hearts 3
1: <laughs> i don't think a lot of people
0: did <laughs> for other reasons we're not going to get into those things. No, nope, but like nope. when I look at the 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 scale of games that I have, like I have barely touched Red Dead Redemption Two, barely touched it. Okay, and that whether you're a fan of Rockstar or not, Grant th- that game really truly is a groundbreaking game, and it deserves to be experienced. I'm probably not going to finish that game either. It's going to take everything I have to finish Devil May Cry 5 and to finish The Division. And even in The Division, I'm only going to be able to get through the story, probably. I'm not going to go into the Dead Zone, which is their multiplayer thing, which takes the the area map and and scales it and lets you go. That's their PvP, player versus player. Um, area, where you can get better weapons, better armor, better loot. It is competitive. And there's a lot of things that they have planned for what the the Dark Zones and this version of the game are going to be. But I'm not going to end up there. Like, it's going to take everything that I can to, in the next month, get through and complete Devil May Cry 5 and The Division. And that's kind of what I, I, like, have committed to completing. I still haven't completed the Crackdown 3 story. Wow. I would say that I'm probably... And and I I love Crackdown 3, but I love Devil May Cry more. So I stopped playing Crackdown 3 so I could start playing Devil May Cry, and I only got a two-day jump two days into Devil May Cry before Division 2 popped out. Right. You know, like, we were both hell of excited for Far Cry New Moon. New Dawn. New Dawn. I haven't even bought that yet to start it, to play it.
1: I mean, Sekiro if, you played, came I mean out. if you've ever played a Far Cry, just put two black
0: women in it as the end tags and then you got you, you got new dogs. I know, but I still want to play that because I want to support with my dollars the fact that there's a game out that the protagonists are persons of color. And not only that, they're female. I feel that it's important to prove using my dollars That that game can sell and that there is a piece of the community that wants it. Because if a game is not successful, a company goes, oh, it's because it's this that it wasn't successful. Because every other game we've put out that had a male lead did well. So if this doesn't do well, gamers don't really want that. We shouldn't do it. So I need to speak with my dollars and do that so that more games will come out with leads that are part of the lgbtqia community that are people of color that are female so i need to support that and i want to support that but i also want to be able to actually play the goddamn games that i buy and there's just so many games like sekiro came out and i love the premise of sekiro no. now
1: i'll be honest I have, let me be honest i, I want to buy it but i'm like i'm not i'm not in my gluttonous punishment mood
0: right now right and and my thing is the only game that ever that I've played that I almost broke a controller playing was Ninja Gaiden Black, because it was so punishing. Like there's no Leroy Jenkins in that game. You have to learn to be patient, learn to dodge, learn to block, and learn to counter. Or there are just bosses that you will not beat. Okay, you cannot brute force that game. And Second Row follows in that, but just to the nth degree. Because From Software doesn't really do anything unless it's punishing. Yes, that's kind of their thing. Yeah, that's their thing. And you know what? I'm not a masochist. See, sometimes I is. Yeah, I'm not. You know, and so, like, I've been watching some people this week during my commutes home play the game and it absolutely looks gorgeous. I love the lore and the story. I think that From Software has done an absolutely beautiful job of creating the the world of Sekiro for sure. I mean, just every visual I've seen has been stunning. I I like the the setup and the story that's there, but I will never play that game because I don't have the time to be punished like that. <laughs> I got too many other things to to play. You know, and and that's and not they even want to get...
1: reward me, so nah.
0: <laughs> you know, well, it's not that they want to reward me, but they also fit into kind of like my bucket. There's a lot of really cool indie games that are coming out. You know, there's more things coming to other places, like Cuphead's coming to Switch. And you and you're talking now about
1: things that make you want to rage quit. <laughs> Cuphead, well, I, I think here's drove my thing. a lot of people to pure unadulterated rage. Yes. Self-included.
0: Yes. Okay, but think about it. Cuphead makes a lot of sense on the Switch. Yes, it does. And because the controller, frankly, is more simplified on the Switch, and the game has to be in a way that can be played using the Joy-Cons, not relying on a pro controller, it means that the controller system has to be more simplified. So the game may still be very difficult, but the controller will be simplified. It might actually be a little bit easier to play on the Switch. I, I said might. I said might. I said might. I didn't say I was going to pick it up. I said it might. I, it won't. It won't. But, you know, you can hold out hope. But it's really cool to see that those experiences are coming to other platforms as well. So, you know, for me, I'm just kind of looking at the space and going, okay, I have to be very realistic about how much time I have to get through a game. And that's why I find micro traction microtransaction-wise, I should say, if you're creating a transaction that will give me better armor, give me better weapons, give me an XP boost so that I can level faster, I'm willing to pay for that because I don't have the 22 hours that the way that you built the game. It's required to build to that, but I still want to get to that because I still want to get to the end of the game. So I'm willing to pay an extra 20 bucks on top of what I paid for the game To get that. It's not right for everybody. But it is right for me. And I appreciate when games build that in. Because it feels like that's them going. Okay we acknowledge that there's a a good chunk of grinding that you have to do in this game. And not everybody has the ability to do that. So you can actually pay. To get to that point. It's not going to make your character better. It's not going to unlock like all these powerful weapons so that you can use a level 21 weapon when you're level 1. It's going to unlock a level 21 weapon that's going to already be in your inventory. And we're going to give you an XP boost so that you can get to level 21 in half the time. But you're still going to have to fight level twenty. enemies and all the levels up until that point it's not like it gets rid of them for it. it's not like a, you know i pay 20 dollars and i'm instantly a level 21 it doesn't work like that and so i still have to do a bit of grinding but i don't have to do the hours and hours and hours of grinding i think that that that's a place where microtransactions have value if it's really truly a value at, as opposed to this was in the game and we stripped it out and put it behind a paywall that's different and i When I feel like you strip something out and put it behind the paywall instead of added on to what was already there, that's what leaves a nasty taste in my mouth, and that's when I start losing my credibility with a game or a franchise or a publisher. Because I feel like you're like, okay, here's a seven-course meal, and now what we're going to do is we're going to show you the seven-course meal, and then when you get to the restaurant, what we're actually going to do is say, okay, so for that price that we showed you that we're advertising the seven-course meal, what you actually get are these two courses, but for an additional 19.99, 99 we'll throw on these two courses over here, and you can get those delivered right when you get your appetizer. And for an additional $20 on top of that, we'll throw in these other two courses, giving you the full seven-course meal, and that will come out when it's supposed to, when you're ready, and just kind of be sitting there for you. Mm. That's when I'm like, bitch, you sold me a pre-fixed menu. And then you try to tell me, actually, this is what was on the prefix, not this whole thing that you saw. That's a bait and switch. Fuck you and your mother. Whoa. You know. So, yeah, that's how I feel about it. So, I feel like there are some things definitely that were pulled out from the game and put behind the paywall. And I don't I don't like that and I could be wrong, but this is what it feels like to me. and that perception is is, is a difficult thing to, to overcome. So what I will say is overall, I'm loving my experience in the division. I feel like some of the things that that they didn't quite get right in the division one, they really learned from listened to the community and and addressed in the division two. Like one of the things that really was was a little bit difficult for for people with the division one is that the pacing felt really slow. And right off the bat from the get go, you don't feel that way in the Vision Two. Also, it just you were kind of like this nondescript character and player. You were one of many agents and you didn't really have a a reason to like or be involved even once you went through the character creator with your character in the game and now they're actually a, a more pivotal person and and there are characters that you can interact with a little bit more and on a deeper level in the game that you actually start to to get feelings for like one of your early missions you know there's a woman that's running another settlement you finally make it to her settlement and you can see that you know she's Got a prosthetic leg, so she's lost her leg. She has some some really deep scarring on her face because she's been battling trying to keep the settlement safe and the people in her settlement. But a pack of the roving gang in the area that's overrun the area has kidnapped her daughter and is basically holding her to blackmail the woman running this, this settlement into giving it up and giving up the resources and the people and everything that they have. And she's torn because she wants her daughter back, but she also doesn't want to turn her back on these people that have looked at her as a leader and a protector for so long. And you actually feel for her because you can see the emotion of, you know, wanting her daughter back. And then you run the mission to go and extract her kid and you successfully are able to do it and bring her back. And that gets you more loyalty with her. And so, you know, it's it's not just a search and find retrieve. Right. But base game, where the first one very much very quickly felt like that, just repetitionally of, okay, i got to find this person, so i got to go out to this mission, find the person, bring them back to the base, great. Now for this person, I have to go out and I have to find this machine because they need it to upgrade this to the next level. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to find that. I'm going to scavenge for some things, sell some weapons that I have that are extra in my inventory to get some more money to get the ability to carry more bullets, and then I'm going to go out and do the exact same thing for the next mission and the mission after that and the mission after that. And Division 2 does not feel like that. So I would say, you know, on a scale of 1 to 5, I would definitely say, as a person who played the Division 1 and absolutely loved that experience um, outside of the pacing, I would say that this is a definite solid 4.5 out of 5. Like, I jump in and I truly enjoy it from the moment that I jump into the game until the moment that I leave it the game. I like my character. You know, I like how she interacts with people and how people interact with her in the system. You know, I really like all the mechanics that are in the game. I think that, you know, there needs to be more diversity, but the game is relatively new out. I'm sure that they're going to add, you know, more into the store as far as apparel and, perks and buffs that you can buy that there's going to be more expansion of the game and they've already talked a little bit about that and what their plan is for year one for the franchise and I like hearing that you know there's a plan for this game to have more life than just the initial campaign and the initial multiplayer that, that makes me feel like I'm investing in a world and a franchise and not just a single outing game and I really like that so if you enjoy cover based shooters if you enjoy multiplayer shooters and ones that are set in a more realistic setting and not necessarily a fantasy setting. The Division 2 is definitely a game worth checking out, especially, especially if you're on an Xbox and you have Game Pass because it's a game that's including in Game Pass. So there's no risk. You're not putting out any additional money than you already have for your subscription to try the game. I will say be prepared for a hefty download because the game clocks in at like just over 90 gigs, Ooh. So it's a, it's beefy, ooh. But part of that she is thick. because hello, yeah, yeah, she's thick. Okay, but she thick because she beautiful. You know, if you have an Xbox One X and a four K TV,
1: I only got one of those things.
0: It is a four K ready game, so that's part of the reason why she beefy. Because the girl doesn't, you know, beat her face to the gods.
1: Right. Got
0: it. And it is like I find I found myself at one point I finished the mission because you do have cycles of day. So you go from sun up to sundown. So, you know, missions aren't restricted by time of day. So if you fuck around too much, you're starting to run a mission at night, which will change your visibility. I messed that up one time. I went to the bathroom and then I went and I made a sandwich and I came back and I'm like, oh, shit, it's nighttime. It's going to be a little bit difficult to now see this area. So I had to just kind of sit my little agent off in a corner. <laughs> and wait for the sun to come up and try the mission again because it was much easier to do in the light because I could actually see all the areas because I got stuck in a corner and I didn't realize it was a corner because it was too dark. You do have the ability to control contrast and, and darkness, but of course like most games they have a, just set this until you can barely see the symbol and I'm like bitch i'm 40 we gonna set this pass so that i can definitely see the symbol as if it were tattooed upon myself so i could see all these enemies because i can't be fucking around with enemies sitting in a corner because i didn't see them because the contrast wasn't high enough because that's the experience you want me to have and be surprised by the guy in the corner i don't want to be surprised i ain't got time it's not my birthday yeah it's not my birthday and it's not his birthday because he's about to catch all these bullets but I'm, I really enjoy the gameplay, and I think that you know it's definitely worth checking out. If you've got Game Pass and you got room to install it, do it. Worst case scenario, play it for 20 minutes. Decide you don't like it, wipe it out. You're not out any additional money, and you can keep rolling on. If you're not on the Xbox and you don't have Game Pass, again, if you like the types of shooters that I just referenced, cover-based shooters or multiplayer online shooters with a decent story and a very deep skill tree buildup, then you might want to give The Division a try. You know, I personally crazily enjoy it. Again, I would say that it's a four out of five. And it's just it, the the paywall stuff and the loot crates, the loot boxes, they put me off a little bit. But that's just loot boxes and paywall in general for any game like I'm always gonna ding a game a half point when it's got loot boxes in it because I just I don't like the give us real money and then hope to random number Jesus generator that you're going to get something that you can actually use or you wanted or not get ton of the same thing and you've put this, this money out. Like, I didn't like blind pack card collecting in real life in game systems, so that's why I've never gotten real deep into, like, Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or any of those things or even Magic the Gathering. I just don't enjoy that as a mechanic of a game. I know that a lot of people do. I don't. And so I'm always going to ding a system a little bit when that's a part of their mechanic. You know, and so, like... In all honesty, if the loot box thing and paywall thing were in the game, it'd be a five out of five for me. Oh. No joke. Okay. Because it's just a solid shooter. You know, you have weapons that have high recoil. So guess what? Your character, when you're aiming down your sights, when you fire, that bitch has high recoil. Recoil, So it goes flying and you have to compensate for that because multiple AI will attack you at the same time. So it's not like every 15 guys come in the room and they all take their chance shooting at you. No, they attack you like a gang of people should. And so people try to flank you. They they will come around. You will have, you know, people that are just melee guys. So they'll keep strafing at you as you're firing bullets at them like they're hopped up on drugs. You know, and that adds to the kind of anxiety of the situation and and, and makes you, you know, flail a little bit. And, and you've got to keep, you know, tabs on, you know, what your weapon is doing because you can run out of bullets. And there's nothing worse than trying to go up against a boss and realizing you have no ammo in your primary and or secondary weapon. So now the only thing that you have that has infinite bullets is your pistol. Huh. And it doesn't do a lot of damage at I the beginning of the game. So I really enjoy the experience, and and I recommend it. I I highly recommend it. So be sure that you check out The Division 2 – It is available, like I said, for Xbox, for PlayStation. It is also on Steam, so you can play it on PC. You can get it in the Uplay Store, which is Ubisoft Store, or the digital store of your platform choice, or physically. You can get disc versions of it as well. There are, as always with any game, there's the standard flavor, just the game, and then there's the added value above and beyond gold version that comes with you know all the year one expansion things and collector's editions that come with you know maps and some soundtrack stuff and some other in-game reward goodies different outfits and weapons Also, if you have been doing things and you have a Uplay profile, the game is part of Uplay. So you know how Ubisoft has their store where as you own other Ubisoft games in your catalog that are tied to your account, you get. Free in game unlockables, and then there's also for meeting and different achievements in the game. You earn you play credits that you can use to actually buy different things. So, there are other outfits, and some other weapons, and some other surface level decorations for like your backpack and for your agent that you can get for achieving different things. I thought it was really interesting that you know you have an arm patch that you can wear that you can switch out on your agent, it doesn't affect anything perk wise or boost wise for your agent but they created different patches based off of whether or not you visited their booth and logged into your Uplay account at like Gamescom or at PAX South or different uh, events around the country which I thought was really cool because that's like a nice value out of like hey I was here and here's like this in game thing that I can like show you that like I saw this game early or if you played like the early alpha or the early beta there are different things that you got for your backpack and for your arm which are just like nice you know aesthetic touches and I like that that the level of detail is that deep in the game. So again, Division 2, just the game is going to run you 60 bucks on any of those platforms. I will preface everything that I've said with this and that while I was going to purchase the game, Ubisoft actually gave me a review code. So I got to review the game using a free version um, from a code that they gave me. And I thank them definitely for that. But just so that you guys know, this review is unbiased even though it is from a review copy unit i was going to purchase this game even if i had not been given the review code and my review would be the exact same whether or not i had put those dollars into it because i did spend in-game currency uh to get some stuff so i have put money on this game for sure and i would do it again in a heartbeat so that's what i gotta say about the division two nice Alright, well it's time for us to wrap this episode up. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast which you can do on iTunes either through the desktop application or on the podcast application on your iOS device by searching for the Eshcast or Electric Sisterhood and subscribing. You can also get our podcast through our website electricsisterhood.com or through vognetwork.com as well as checking out some of the other great entertainment that is on that platform as well. We love being part of the Vogue family so please make sure that you check them out. If you enjoy what we're doing here on our podcast then you'll enjoy the reviews and previews that we put up on our website so please make sure that you visit electricsisterhood.com bookmark it grab our RSS feed and put it into your RSS reader whichever way you like to consume content just make sure that you do and check out some of the new stuff that we're putting out every week on our site which is super cool you can also check out the archive of all of our shows as well as our archives of events that we've gone and covered it's just just a lot of content 13 years in the making so please make sure that you check out and bookmark electrics you can also engage us on our social platforms because we like being social and hearing from you guys so you can hit us up on Instagram at ESH News on Twitter at ESH News and on Facebook at Facebook.com dot slash Land of Esh you can ask us questions let us know if there's something that you want us to review or preview or you want to share your thoughts on any episode we post them all there as well as some of the stuff that we're checking out that we find interesting across the web across different content creators So, please engage with us, share your favorite things. We love hearing from you. So, Please do that, as well as check out some of the other great content creators that are part of our family, which includes our homie King Baby Duck over at b3crew.com and his bi weekly podcast, No Borders, No Race, where he's spinning up great music from a bunch of independent artists, as well as some signed ones from across the pond that you probably haven't heard about, but you absolutely should, as well as talking about anime, manga, and so much more. So please make sure that you check out b3crew.com. You can also check out our man, Hamsterman20. 2049 over at smashedrook.com and his live streams weekly on Wednesdays at 9 Eastern on Twitch, where he plays a lot of retro games as well as new ones and you can jump into chat and be part of that experience live. You can also check out the man, the myth, the miracle that is Phil the Issues Guy with Phil's recap and review on YouTube one of my favorite recap shows on the platform period. You can call in live be part of chat Live for every recap that he does They are so random And yet so filled with great nuggets of stuff Make sure that you don't miss them As well as his live streams Over on his Twitch channel Which you can get the links And check out his archive of shows And some of his written stuff On his site Issuesprogram.com And of course last but certainly not least Keeping you up to date with all the stuff that nerds crave The dudes over at nerdcrave.com Talking comic books, movies, anime, manga Video games and more if it's nerdy at all, the nerds over at nerdcrave.com are talking about it. So be part of that conversation. Hit them up. Be engaged. It's that time where we've got to say goodbye. So until we do this again, I'm Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. And we are out. Titties.